Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Glamour. Hey, it's okay. The fabulous, the best podcast in town. No joke. No, no bias here. Uh, we have one of the world's best living humans on the podcast today. I'm very, very excited. So stay tuned. Hello, hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us again. We're going to be talking about compliments. Is it all right to drag those out of people? Is it okay to be that needy? Are we going to be talking about talking to yourself just because I need some reassurance and some therapy there? <laughs> and I can't remember what the other one is. Let's, I'm going to surprise us all, including me. Uh, today, on, we have a special guest, social media editor from Glamour, Cat Brown. Very special guest. Hello, Yay! everybody. Whoop. And, you know, award-winning author... Television writer, comedian, columnist, glamour award winner. That's the best thing. That isn't is it? the best one. Callum Moran. Yes. yes. Thank you so much for being here today. I always make my own posse sounds. I always like to make it sound yeah. like I'm travelling with a gang. So yes, me and my invisible posse. Well, and and I'm enjoying your eyeshadow. I just want everyone to know about that right now. Thank you very much. It's yeah. MAC and it's a very bright pigment. Basically, whenever I go and buy makeup, I just say, what do the drag queens wear? And then they point me at that shelf. Oh my God. If you get nothing else out of today... That's brilliant advice for makeup. We just need to go and channel yeah. Drag Race. Just yeah, like every day. Absolutely. Well, I learned this from when I was a teenager, and they didn't really have that vivid of makeup in Wolverhampton. And that was when I used to use clown makeup, the Snazaroo fancy dress clown makeup things. That was the perfect foundation and base what, like, for me as a goth. White face, Aunt Sally cheeks. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, that was that was the look I was rocking in yeah. '95. Really? Yeah. Now, what was I rocking in '95? I pretty much looked like I do now. Just with less makeup. I think I was doing some really advised sunning, which as one of the world's most red-headed gingers was just the biggest error imaginable. What, were you orange then? Oh, just orange and sort of just wrong yellow. You just look at my head and just be like, this is just all manner of awful. Oh, Very baby. bad. That's what your teenage years were for. Oh, for God. Just like... That and blue mascara. Never yes. again. Oh, I don't know. Well, I like a bit of blue mascara. It makes your eyes Well, as I love so. that big blue band. Do you do that yourself? Would yes. you get someone to do it? No, no, no. I do it with my finger. Um, I've had uh, Sally Hughes, the makeup expert in my house, many times. Hello, Sally. 
I love Sally to bits, and uh, but she nearly fainted in horror when she saw what my makeup routine was. Everything is in just one bag. It's covered in like grot and slime. Uh, I don't use brushes. I apply it with my fingers. Just kind of dab it on, and then just take off the bits that are excess with a cotton button. Or just like, why don't you have brushes and be a normal human being? Or you could just stick it all in the sink and stick your face in. Just yeah, plant again. it in. Yeah, if I could. I invented years ago the idea of peel on an offable eyeliner. If they would just, if you just have a plastic strip you just laid on the top of your eyes, you can just take it on and off so you didn't have to wash it off. Do you know what? That reminds me. The first time I went to New York, I was very, very young. I was like 20 or something like that. And I met this girl who was like, I don't think they do it anymore. She was like a hostess in some trendy bar. Hang on, do you mean hostess? Yeah. No, no, no. She was like, she was the door bitch. She decided if you were coming in or not. I I don't know how I got in. I think I was with some trendy photographer who was a friend of a friend. She was um, really like about really tall Japanese woman, which was unusual to start. And then above her proper eyebrows, she had two massive rectangles tattooed on and coloured in. So she had two black rectangles above her eyebrows. Like obelisks. I would love to know where she is today and what's going on with those brow that rectangles. That sounds amazing. It kind of was. Look, that's yeah. also sort of like the era 404 page for BBC Two, isn't it? When you've got that kid <laughs> and the clown. And I just feel maybe she's channeling that as a makeup look. Again, a really strong and bold look that yep. I would go to her and shake her hand for. But, you know, I just there's got to be some regrets, right? There's got to be. I think at the point where you're making that kind of decision, you've already made the decision never to have any regrets in your life. That's You've already gone, I'm not a regretty person. Have you got any tattoos? No, I want to get one. I've decided. I'm doing everything in reverse. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to get tattoos in my 40s and 50s. That's what are you going to get? I think uh, a lyric from Massive Attack uh, where it goes, love, love is a verb, love is a doing word. And I think that's... that's also the best first me. line of any song Isn't it ever? amazing? Yeah. yeah, it's like a real kind of kicking the doors in, you're going to be crying by the end of this. Is it indecision that's got you not having a tattoo yet because I always wanted one but then just thought I can't decide on paint for a wall I'm not going to be able to decide on something that's going to be on my skin until I'm dead it's hard to make a lifetime commitment isn't it but then I realized that it's not that you're making a lifetime commitment it's like a diary entry it's like it's like oh. freaking out at writing a diary entry and going but this would have to sum up my entire life on one day and you're like no it's a diary you put one in for this why one don't you this for this year. take a leaf out of my book I just got bullied into it one day when I was really jet lagged in Las Vegas by the hairdresser James Brown so I, I, I went from no, 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 I am never doing that to 30 seconds later going, oh, all right then. And what just, have you got? I've what? just got a tiny little E on my ankle for my daughter Evie. Oh. And um, my husband said, you massive twat, everyone's going to think it's an E for Elvin. And sometimes people <laughs> do think that. <laughs> oh, my so, God. <laughs> well, I just thought E for ecstasy. I was like, yeah, yeah. awesome, of course, yeah. But I, I am going to Vegas at the end of April. So now that obviously I'm just going to see it as a diary entry. I'll hook you like, up. Tattoos for everybody. Yeah. Brilliant. Now, Catelyn, let's get down to business. So <gasps> we are here to talk about you. Gasp. Not my ankle E. React. Uh, Marana Festo coming out on paper book. Paper book? Paperback. It's a paper book. It is a paper book. Why isn't it called... See, I was right. But why isn't it called paper book instead of paperback? Let's just change that right now. That makes more sense. Yeah. Okay, so Marana Festo in paper book. Yes. Tell us... Tell For the people who don't know, then surely there's like maybe one or two left out there. Tell us about... it's, it's It's an amalgamation of all your best columns am I right yes it's my yes. second uh, compendium yeah. of times columns so yeah. I put them all together I've themed them so there's a section about feminism uh, there's a section about what the future should be and there's a section that's just all about fun like kind of my love of Anton Deck and when I went to Benedict Cumberbatch's house and accidentally tried to break into Kate Moss's house instead and then overarching the, the whole thing I wrote a 30,000 word manifesto about what I would do if I ruled the world my own political manifesto how I would change parliament how I would change governments how I would change the way that we vote and all the things that I would do to change the world because 
politics is clearly in flux and apathy. Most people like I, you know, I hate everyone. I don't like the left. I don't like yeah, the right. I they hate everyone. Like <laughs> I yeah. can't join your party. Yeah. yeah. Well, all the wrong people yeah. have been attracted into it. Like kind of, you know, when I was a girl growing up in a council estate in Wolverhampton, I just presumed the political people were kind of almost chosen by the politics fairy. They were kind of like they were born into it. They just looked right. They were the right guys. They knew all the right words. They went to the right schools, and yeah. they were the great guys who were in charge. And the thing is that when you've travelled from a council estate in Wolverhampton to London media world and met all these people, you just realise they're just a bunch of lucky average asshats, you know, who just ended up going to the right schools and it was, it was just, it was a blag, it's a massive blag. They are no more qualified than we are. Yeah. Um, so it's just the whole book is kind of going, look, we could take this over, this isn't too hard. Well, one of the things I always hear from people is like, why aren't you at The Guardian, Catelyn? Yes. And, but the thing is, is you get to influence a whole different group of people through writing The Times. Now, I'm always reminded of when I was on holiday with my dad and tried to make him teen, read Tina Fey and he was just like, nope. And then the next time he went on holiday, he was reading the manifesto and going, oh, I love that, Catelyn. I read it every week. And it is just that thing. You're getting feminism and different ways of writing into the hands of really influential people. Not necessarily my dad, son's dad. Not preaching to the choir. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm so glad you've realised that's what it is. Because people just keep saying to me, like, that's never occurred to me before. Kind of like, why don't you write for The Guardian? That's more the kind of thing that you think. And it's like, well, yeah, because everybody would agree with me there. It would do absolutely no good at all. Whereas yeah. I've got high court judges reading this stuff. You know, I've got people who work for the UN. I get quoted in Hansard and in the Houses of Parliament because it's in the Times. Like, I'm not going to move. Plus yeah. they pay more. <laughs> can't argue with that it's two for one I love the honesty yeah. you two yeah. have also got something else in common which is Joe on Instagram you've got clothes your husband hates oh, and yeah. also Catelyn <laughs> in the magazine in your column you very often talk about irritating the hell out of your husband Pete yes how do they sort of feel about being included uh, well can I just say right now you might not know this but I've got holiday not holiday it was like a work trip I've got snaps of your husband and my husband sitting together poolside and they ain't got nothing on us when it comes to style I've got the photos <laughs> Ross and Pete so, yeah. what are they wearing what are they wearing oh you know bless them they're both the sort of like the, the pale boys in Jamaica I think they're with the photographer who's sort of like Brazilian or something and he's got like a little thong on lying next to him in the pool and they're both in like, like three quarter length shorts and very big t-shirts and it's like, <laughs> that sounds absolutely right we yeah. went we went to the Caribbean uh, with the author John Niven who's very kind of like put your drunks on yeah. cannonballs yeah. get out in the sun he's Scottish he's like get all the sun that you can and me and Pete were sitting in the shade fully dressed covered in factor 50 it was like you'd gone on holiday with like Belle and Sebastian or yeah, something I, just I mean, I, indie people under a parasol I'm not seen. good in the sun either but it's like, it does I you know I just want to put that out there for, for our husbands uh, you know <laughs> Bless. I know. Bless them, yes. No, well, my husband is always happy with me writing about him, mainly because I make about half of it up. I'm kind of like, because with those conversations that I report where we're having them, kind of like halfway through, they're true. And it's been really, it's a really funny conversation, but he's not very good at ending them in a way that will make me file to exactly 850 words. So I have to invent a better Pete that will file to exact word length. I do find this with Instagram, and I don't want to burst anyone's bubble, but there's occasionally he'll phone me or email and say, I didn't say that. And I say, You didn't say it today, but you said it six weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. been storing it yeah. or, or I yeah. felt it's the kind of thing you could say yeah, yeah and that totally. is fair enough when you're married yeah. to someone you're allowed to think about the kind of things they might say and get angry about them that's and an absolutely key part the other thing he gets annoyed about is if I misquote him because he I mean and he's probably right he's actually funnier than I am so gets really annoyed if I mangle something that he, <laughs> he thinks he said that's quite witty. So. That is fair. That is a terrible yeah. crime, though. Yeah, if, if I you agree. think you've landed a yeah. massive zinger and someone screws it up, <laughs> I, I, would, I would be incandescent. Oh, God. Am I getting divorced after this comes out? <laughs> is it okay to be one of those people who talks to yourself? Yes. 
Yeah, it is, isn't it? I mean, I, you know, I run out of people to flap my gums at, so it happens. I'm quite glad that actually this is widely accepted because I've always been one of those weird people that sort of walks along quietly singing to themselves or, or writing amazing novels that then mysteriously fall out of my head the minute that they've been said to the gutter or the nearest pigeon. <laughs> and, um, and as somebody who's very, very tall, uh, this actually can quite scare random people that I walk past. As they're like, like, oh my a, God, a talking voice Godzilla. coming from the sky, yes. I'd imagine. It's like, is that God? Where's that voice coming from? Why do we do it? My mother always used to say when I was a child, Joe, that's the first sign of madness. And that's, that's why I've always had this kind of like, oh, is it happening? Am I finally going crazy? I think it's the absolute opposite it's the first yeah. sign of sanity like at the point where you start because the whole thing about your life is it doesn't occur to you that your thoughts that are in your head are a voice and they are a voice with a personality yes so if you've had a bad childhood if you've had unkind parents if you've had a bad boyfriend if you got bullied at school the automatic default voice that you have in, the, in your head will tend to be quite unkind it'll just be and you can't do that you look too fat um and it's the point you know, the point where you become sane is where you go no I'm in control in the voice in my head. I'm going to make sure the voice in my head is kind. I'm going to become a mother to myself, or if my mother was bad, I'm going to pretend that someone like Oprah Winfrey is in my head and she's giving me lovely advice and being kind to me. And then part of speaking that out loud is just, you know, you're, you're talking to yourself as you're walking along. You're, you're you know, you're, you're, you're vocalising that voice. I think I want Tina Fey in my head. Yes. Might do that one. But it just mean yeah. that every sentence that you said was a winner. Yeah, that's not and bad. that's not going to happen. But um, I think this is now. This is where somebody might ring in and say you need to see a therapist. But I, what I also do that I find is like I'll be on the train or something, and I think I'll have what I think is an internal thought, and then I realise someone's looking at me funny, and I've mouthed the words. <laughs> so that's weird, isn't it? No, I think that's just involuntary, isn't it? <laughs> it's so weird. I mean, it's, it's yeah. not the sort of thing that you're going to, like, well, today I'm deliberately going to start voicing my thoughts, but silently, so I just look like a mad person in a corner. And that is that thing when your brain is just working too fast for your body and your head to actually keep up. So all you can do is style it out and just sort of go, well, yay, or that will just run to the next carriage. So you think it's because I'm fantastically busy and terribly important and... That's, I yes, think so yes, long as you leader. say out loud at the end of it, I'm speaking out loud because I'm so clever, then you've covered all bases. That's <laughs> Just in case out. there was any doubt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there was one day where I, uh, it still freaks me out. I was in one of those really, really packed trains and I was sort of like face on face with this man. And he had a, a massive beard, like a full-on sort of like G.W. Grace did kind it, of... Did it look it, like you, this scene in Line the Witch in the Wardrobe yeah. where Lucy's pushing through the fur coats in the wardrobe it, into Narnia? Exactly. Were you, were you Lucy and he was yeah, the fur coats? Yeah, and, and I was thinking to myself, oh, I really don't like really big beards. And then he went, oh, and like rolled his eyes and sort of scoffed. So I don't think I said it, but I think maybe I did say it. Or oh, he was a warlock. I just it's really haunted me ever since or he was having his own involuntary moment it's just his didn't even involve words it just involved going god except he didn't even get that far and just sort of made a snarl I like to think that he went out of shave afterwards are there any places that you think that is genuinely inappropriate to just randomly talk out loud where you do actually need to keep control of your brain a bit more well I think I'd probably button it at a funeral maybe I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. yeah do you need to liven it up I think kind of I mean I, I mean I am the person who frequently has people going you know that you used your outside voice rather than the inside your head voice and I'm just kind of like oh, okay sorry I didn't realize that I had said it out loud I was really pleased last week my daughter had a sleepover and uh, I heard one of her friends going to the toilet and as she she walked this is out- what made me think of talking <laughs> yeah, about yeah, this yeah. And, yeah and she walked out of the party and into the toilet and just went I just dominated that conversation to herself and oh. I was like 
I love you. Oh, that's gorgeous. That was, I mean, it kind of broke my heart. But also, There's how a, wonderful yeah. to give yourself that kind of pep talk. Exactly. She's got a great voice in her head. That's exactly yeah, the but voice I, she should I, have. I think she was giving herself that pep talk because she was really nervous about the sleepover. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, wanting to wanting to nail, going in rehearsing, sort of like nailing that conversation. I don't know, friends. there was a really brilliant, cheerful bumptuousness to it that kind oh. of like, that you so rarely hear in girls. She had the confidence of a boy at that moment. Oh, which is something gorgeous. you rarely hear at that age. She was just like, yeah, I just dominated. Because sleepovers were freaking terrifying when you were at school, only because if you were throwing one, then that was your chance to sort of get in and, and show who you are and what kind of shindig you can throw, even though realistically it was your mum and whatever was sort of lying I, around the house. I'll never forget stressing about what to wear to one particular sleepover party and my best friend of me phoned me just before I left the house and said, don't wear jeans. And I, and I, and I had what I thought was my only nice outfit, which was jeans, and I burst into tears oh. and put the phone down and didn't want to go. <laughs> See, I missed all this. I was home educated, so yeah. every night was a sleepover because I was just there with all my brothers and sisters. Yeah. It, was, it was a perpetual sleepover, so it wasn't really that exciting. It's kind of depressing that my daughter comes home from school and really says, oh, mum, it's just girl world. It's like, it's, you know, it's a jungle. Yeah. I, I mean, from what I understand of socialising with other girls in your teenage years, which I did not do, it doesn't sound that pleasant. So do you think that that was an advantage or a disadvantage for you? Huge advantage in right. many ways. I mean, the crippling loneliness at the time and then after that, the profound social anxiety when I started to go and meet people, they were definitely two downsides. But the fact that I was completely removed from all of the kind of, you know, what I understand to be sort of bitchiness and sort of, you know, screwing each other with each other's minds and all the kind of, she said this and she said that and people yeah. falling out and in and out with each other just meant I had a very peaceful life of a monk and I was just able to simply write novels instead yeah, in my room untroubled by all Left this. to your wild imagination. Yeah, and yeah. it was really, really pleasant. And again, the fact, and that and the fact that I only read books written by women as well. I only realised recently I just never really read any books written by men so I never read about female characters that men had written which tend to be really horribly objectifying. You know, it's always kind of, you know, sexy blondes walking into the room and men just kind of being almost angry with how much they fancy them. And instead I was just reading Anne of Green Gables and Jane Eyre which is all about girls trying to be good and noble. This is just such an amazingly accidental social experiment that's, you know, we need to bottle you for future generations it really to study. Was. Yeah. I mean I worry about talking about it because I worry that someone from science might come and like kind of vivisect my brain in order to work out how it affected me. They'll so. wait till you're dead, don't worry. Do they though? Yeah. Do they? Do you promise me that? Yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I think this is one we can all relate to. Is it okay to have imposter syndrome? Do you know, I, I think we kind of, we know that we all do, don't we? But I don't think we do. Why Everyone is it? has it. Yeah, it's we, like, but I think women feel it more and feel more apologetic about their success. And so it, that comes with it hand in hand. Well, it's a conversation I've had before where kind of like someone went, you know, what about imposter syndrome? And I went, well, everyone has it, don't they? And then but my nobody, friend just went, no, no, that you men do. don't. You know, straight yeah. white men tend not to have imposter syndrome, but everybody else does. So. But nobody would ever think that you do. Oh, God, of course, every day it's fake it till you make it. I've learned yeah. everything I know from drag queens. Um, you know, you have to. But but that's the great thing. Like, kind of once you realise there's not really any difference between pretending to be a confident person and actually being one. Uh, and it tends to rewire you after a while. If you're just constantly spending all your time just going, everything's going to be great, then you just sort of rewire your head after a while. And Is that like when I walk into parties that I'm not invited to and just look like I'm supposed to be there? And then, yeah, yeah it's the it, same man. sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, severe fierceness at all times. Yeah. I, I, I sort of, I'm always like waiting to be found. Out. I find Always. this absolutely amazing hearing it from yeah. both of you and I think this is because I'm very sadly neither a best-selling author nor the editor-in-chief of a successful magazine, shocker, but I, I sort of feel it completely normal for me to have imposter syndrome and go, oh god, I'm screwing this up, I shouldn't be doing this, blah blah blah, I'm not qualified enough to be doing this, as though I should be like three times as qualified in order to be sort of where I am now, but it, it's, it's actually jolly heartening to sort of learn this because it's not necessarily something that women talk about because we're all sort of trying to, you know, keep our heads above water and do that swan thing of sort of looking super graceful but also paddling wildly beneath the surface. Are you sure that men don't feel it but they're just much more secretive about those more vulnerable I don't know. I mean, I know times. there's definitely a class thing. I can remember my dad, who was very sort of, you know, brilliantly chippy about class going, the whole thing about going to public school is that you are told every day as part of your lessons, and that's what you pay for, that you will be a ruler of the world. You are told every day you're entitled to this. You walk in here. You own these rooms. People need you to go into a room and rule it. Yeah. They need you to be confident. That is your role. That is your function in society. And if you think about how they're getting that training every day, and, you know, women don't, working class people don't, mm. people of colour don't, you know, that you, no one comes to you and go, it's your job to rule, you need to go yeah. in there, this is what you're needed to do, this is what you're born to do. And the simple difference between that is the difference between feeling like an imposter every day, even though you have this talent and you've made it, and, and, and not. That's very true. What do you think is the, how do you think we can actually encourage people to feel that? Because I think particularly the reaching out is a, is a huge thing. And I know that lots of people, if they feel sort of insecure or, or not quite good enough are sort of almost waiting for the giant national lottery finger yes. to come out and go it's yeah. you and I do that one of the things I love the most when I do whenever I do my uh, I did like a stand-up tour two years ago and we did signings that would go on for like two three four hours afterwards I met hundreds and hundreds of girls and they would come up to me and I would say a variant on things like and we'd sign and we'd talk and then I'd lean across and I'd kiss them and I'd whisper in their ear you have a sense of destiny about you. I can tell you're going to do amazing things. You know, variants on that and just tell them, give them permission, just that, you know, you kiss Glinda's kiss on the forehead. Yeah. Like, you're going to be amazing. Because everybody just wants to be given permission to be amazing. Yeah. And I was lucky enough to have it when I was 14. I, I knew that I wanted to be a writer and I wanted to do things. And I saw an advert for Comic Relief. They were um, advertising for a managing director. And I was just like, I want to work for Comic Relief. So I sent it off. And uh, two weeks later, they sent back a letter going, look, you'd hate this job, but here's a letter from Lenny Henry telling you how amazing 
amazing he thinks you are. And Lenny Henry had written me this letter going, I can see you're from Wolverhampton, I'm from the Midlands too. Oh my gosh. You're going to fly like a comet through British society. And at that point I was like... I am. I am going to do that because Lenny Henry thinks I will. Have you ever spoken to him about that? I met him at a party on some stairs and we were stuck on the stairs and I told him this and I kissed him and I went, you genuinely changed my life. I had this bolt of adrenaline through me that really wired my brain. Actually, Joe is terrible. That's that's what it takes. But you do stuff all the time. You do mentoring stuff. You know, know, this is is what we do in our positions. You just, everybody wants to be told once. But I, I guess, again, this is my imposter syndrome as well. Yes, I talk to lots of university and high school students and I think, you know, occasionally, you feel like you've gotten through to someone with some advice but again you're Catlin Moran you know you're this amazing success story this amazing author and columnist I you know I'm just little old Joe I don't feel like things that I say are necessarily penetrating I the feel way like that I've Lenny got, Henry I feel like you. I've got to come over to you now and kiss you and go you have a Please. sense of destiny about you the, Joe yeah because you do well, what is the destiny? I know. You're I mean, top. hey, I can't complain. Yeah. But you know, it's I don't know. It's I think that I was given permission. I wasn't given the kiss of destiny. But my mother was very, very good at sort of saying, "Well, why not you?" Yes. So I've I've always got that as a bedrock. But I'm always nervous. I'm always nervous about taking opportunities or getting up on stage. Do you know what I mean? All of those things. I'm ringing so, Lenny Henry now, and I'm telling him to get over here in a cab to tell oh you God, that you're dude, a comic. Tell him, he's going to tell all of us. But to I'm do not it from now. Wolverhampton. Well, <laughs> you can fake that accent. Well, Hang on, was that the accent? <laughs> was that you doing the accent? No, no, pretend not. <gasps> okay, let's stop that. What I think what's what's really interesting is what you're saying, Catelyn, about somebody giving you permission because yes. I think that's hugely that it and. Um, and so for Lent this year, rather than abortively try and give up chocolate, as I do sort of like two years out of three. I mean, and obviously that's just madness. That's wrong. And I gave yeah. up Twitter one year, which obviously in my role now I clearly can't because yeah. that would be fatal to my career. But I just said, instead of giving something up, the thing that I'm going to give up is um, my critical voice in my head, yes. who I call Edna, after Edna Mode from the tiny rude designer <laughs> from, from The Incredibles. And I was just like, I'm going to give up letting any of those awful sort of shameful thoughts or, or mean thoughts sort of in. And... Um, and actually, it's so bizarre because just, you know, one day in on Ash Wednesday and I was just like, I haven't had a shitty thought about something I've done today. That's amazing. It totally works. It's like, I call it mental hygiene. Every time you get one of those thoughts, you just crush it immediately, throw it out the window. You know, they can replicate like cockroaches in seconds. You just crush them yeah. out the window. I, no. I think there's a fantastic Sarah Silverman quote, which I'm going to mangle, but the gist is right, where she says, you know, she would tell that inner voice, don't talk to my friend like that. Because, yes. you know, she would, talk, she would say that to her friends if they were putting themselves down. Totally. So she's made herself say that to herself. That's and I it. Think, and you yeah. need to crush those thoughts. Yeah. Because otherwise, they're the ones that you will hear if you are susceptible to that sort of thing. And you'll go... Oh, but that's the right one. The nice one is the wrong one. So, no. no Crush that, it. Crush I, it, exactly Dad. Say, one of the columns that I, I read out loud and gets the biggest reaction is just talking to girls who are having a bad year. Everybody has a bad year. And yeah. It's like, you wouldn't treat a baby like this. You wouldn't cut a baby. You wouldn't starve a baby. You wouldn't overfeed a baby. You wouldn't say these things to a baby. And that's how you have to, you know, you have to, sometimes girls have to be mothers to themselves. So let's, everybody listening to this, let's just have a day of kindness for yeah, ourselves. Here. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, if you think Hey It's Okay is okay or even more than okay, we would love you to subscribe to us on iTunes, search Glamour Hey It's Okay, and leave a review. If we like your review, if we love the effort that you've put into either praising us or giving us some, what I like to put in inverted commas, feedback, then we may be picking you at random to win a fabulous Glamour prize chosen by me. So get on to it. Is it okay to be needy and what I mean by this is is it okay if you're feeling a bit low and a bit down to actually drag things like compliments out of people make people talk to you make people go out with you 
yes. email until you get that date that they're trying to get out of. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. What do we think? Well, I have an understanding with my husband. It took him a while to... Because the, the problem is, with men, there's a brilliant Jerry Seinfeld sketch where um, he's going, uh, you know, women keep going, you know, women will go up to their boyfriends or their husbands and go, what are you thinking? And the answer is nothing. We're not thinking about anything. We're just like dogs watching everything pass by. And that is true. Women are thinking about things all the time. Men yeah. genuinely not thinking anything. So every time I would get ready to go out, I would present myself to my husband before I went out the door and stand there waiting for a compliment. And he'd just be like, okay, we'll be back at one o'clock. And do you need any money? And I'd be like, no, no, no. You need to tell me I look fantastic. And in the end, I had to tell him that he had to do that every time. Every time I come down the stairs now, I will shout down the stairs. I'm about to come down the stairs and you must tell me I look fantastic. And now he knows what to do and everything's okay. And you feel that... that y- the, the sincerity of that? Yes. No, absolutely. Right. Yeah. But you just need to give people instructions on how you work. You know, there is no manual with you. You need to tell them, I need some compliments I'm right now. much more passive aggressive about it. I was like, wow. you know, it's like, oh, you know, God, I look awful today. You, oh, God, someone no, go, no, no. 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 <laughs> but I think it's, yeah. he must be absolutely um, delighted just to have the direction of it. Yes. And just to know that if X plus Y happens, then Z will be the result and it will be happy Catelyn. And Amazing. it doesn't need to be a massive, because with your, with your method, like kind of, is it that you actually feel bad that you're not having a compliment or do you just simply want a compliment? I ju- yeah, I probably think, think I just want a compliment. Although some, there are, there is the odd occasion where I'll turn up to something and, oh God, I've really got this dress code wrong. So, uh, you know what I mean? So I'll say something about that to just get a bit of reassurance back. I mean, I'm not, a, you know, I'm that shallow and that transparent. Well, it's at completely the other end of the scale. What do you think about the really like obviously neediness and particularly I think on Instagram this is it with just the with some accounts where it's just literally selfie after selfie after selfie after selfie or sort of like oh I'm having a bad day or just sort of like slightly difficult to interpret emoji in the caption and that sort of thing um is that is that is that okay or is it just sort of well I have a stop response to all pictures on the internet which is just I simply cut and paste every time which is in block capitals scream that is the best picture ever taken which I just simply put underneath anything my friends do and that's they know that's what I will say just covers everything you've never done that to me Caitlin needy face sorry <laughs> I'm not on the Instagram so that's ah, why sorry good get out yeah. Yeah. get out yeah um, I, I will completely confess to doing this occasionally. My Instagram is not a thing of beauty at all. But every now and then, if I am feeling a bit sort of like, God, I, you know, I haven't achieved anything. All my all my friends have done amazing things. They've had a gorgeous holiday this weekend. And all I've done is sort of like, I don't know, polish a table or something. And I'll be like, well, but I could take the world's best picture of this table. <laughs> and I'll be like, yeah, actually, I did get a really nice table um, on Saturday. And I'd be grateful everybody liked that. that Scream, photo. that is the best picture of a table yeah! in the world. Yeah. Yeah! I think I did I say validated. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it but, was um, a very nice table. I was clearly just feeling a bit like I don't think I've done anything with this house that I moved into in December and everybody else has suddenly decorated their homes to look absolutely beautiful and I'm just, you know, ruining it. Well, my rule has always been you're allowed to do anything so long as you do it funny. So you're allowed to be the neediest person in the world. You're allowed to be a massive vacuum of insecurity just sucking in everybody's attention at a time so long as you do it in an amusing way. So if you need a compliment when you walk into a room, you just sort of go, you just ask for it in a 19th century manner. You just kind of very flowerily just kind of, I'm sorry, but there is some kind of terrible darkness that has stolen across my soul like a crow across the moon and I need to hear good words now about my bold chapeau. Yeah, yeah. And then that's fine. I can't pull that off. It's going to have to be, oh, God, I look awful today. No, 
Joe, no, you look great. And it's one of those. Yeah. I'm feeling destitute of that compliments on my maquillage. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's good. Okay, you've just created a monster here. That's all I'm going to be doing well, for the next week. Yeah. I don't know how I'm going to respond to that. Just pretend yeah. to be Russell Brand. I've just realised I basically just pretend to be Russell Brand when I want compliments. Oh, that's a great Pretty shout. Pretty and forsu. I will need a compliment now, my good fellow. Yeah, well, you've had enough from me today, quite frankly. <laughs> I suppose we should also do the vaguely serious thing about why people crave compliments in that way and now that we've got social because i wasn't hugged as a things. child oh well there's yeah why. again yeah yeah now well i mean that's why i think it's just very good because i think you can descend into a massive vortex of going i need compliments and kind of like pretending yeah. you know and starting to convince yourself it's because you're broken and you're not functioning and your life isn't as spectacular as anybody else just simply going i just want a compliment sometimes it's as simple yeah. as that sometimes it's not a massive nervous breakdown or a failing life you just simply want someone to say your legs look good yeah, exactly. And I don't think I need compliments all the time, but every now and again I can just, it, it's almost like a, a gut thing. Yeah. It's like there's a hole that needs filling with something. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, yeah. So I was desperately trying to keep a straight face through that too. Childish, <laughs> childish women. But hey, we um, love you. Is it, is, why do you think it's a bad thing to ask for compliments? Well, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's certainly not the done thing. Well, it's not cool, is it? Even though yeah. we all kind of want them. Yeah. It isn't cool to want them. Well, in that case, we all just need yeah. to go around doing it in a 19th century yeah. way. I mean, my problem is always, as soon as someone says, that's not a cool thing to do, I'm like, and I'm going to do that a lot. Yeah. Like that. It's the same thing when everybody says, you know, that's a taboo subject. I'm like, well, then that's the subject I'm going to stand right next to, shining a light on, going, look, I'm talking about this. But I, I think it's important that we acknowledge that everybody wants them. Everybody feels a little bit of shame about accepting them as well. Well, most people do. You know, most, so I'll need the compliment, I'll fish for it, I'll get it, and then I'll bat it away. Oh, no. Don't be, you know, it's like, I'm just so a, British. I'm your basic nightmare. Your entire compliment yeah. system is screwed. Yeah, I know, you're right. I need just, to... It's built on a swamp, man. I you just totally... need to boldly go in and say, I would like you to say something nice about my legs, and then say, thank you very much. And then the whole thing's done. You're turning it into an episode of Dynasty. What are you doing, you crazy I lady? I don't know. I've got enough on it as it is. You we know. just need to get you a chapeau and compliment it daily. Yes. Yeah, I think, you know. Ross, just say something nice to me when I get home tonight for crying out loud. Well, I'm off to examine every facet of my entire life now. Thank you, ladies. Thank you so much, Kat Brown, for being here today. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Catla Moran. You've been a fantastic guest, as predicted. Go and get Moranifesto in paper book, paperback. <laughs> out now? Yes, out today. Oh, congratulations. But And thank you for listening, everybody, and catch you next time. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.